Because I think everyone has, like, this idealized version of themselves where they're like, I wish I was that person. Like, I wish I was, I studied more or I drank more water or I had better skin or whatever. And Mm. it's like, firstly, your skin's perfect. But secondly, you can become that person. Just don't try to do it all at once. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Things of Interest. I'm Serena Chen. And I'm Sophia Franz. So last week we touched on all the things that gave us strength in our lives and the places that we look to when we're not so strong. Today we're going to move on to self-care. It's a thing that's really easily forgotten when you're dealing with overwhelming world events and life events or even just the stresses of normal everyday life. And it's also a topic that's becoming more known in the public mind. I've gone from reading obscure Tumblr posts about self-care years ago to hearing people talk about it on the streets of Wellington. Although I guess like Wellington is the Tumblr of New Zealand, so that makes sense. It's it's a very much more mainstream thing now, though. Yeah, definitely. So I guess what I was really curious about is what both of our own definitions of self-care is and what it means for us. So to start us off, Sophia, do you want to walk through what you think self-care is and what it means to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, It actually brings to mind the sort of definition of uh, taking care of yourself in times of high emotion that you talked about last week. We talked Mm. about when you're really stressed or really angry or really sad, you just treat yourself a little bit like a toddler. Um, And... (laughs) To me, self-care is kind of that, is like, you're like, am I cranky? Do I need a nap? Do I need Mm -hmm. to do something good for my brain? Um, Which can as much be like buying a donut as it can be (laughs) um, doing chores around the house, because sometimes those are things you need to do in order to take care of how your brain is. Um, Mm. Essentially, it's just like those little acts that you do for yourself that you would do for a friend. I think a lot of the time we can treat ourselves much more unkindly than we treat our friends. Mm. Uh, And this is particularly in instances like negative self-talk, like we say the kind of things to ourselves a lot that we would absolutely never say to another human being. But also just in the little kindnesses that we don't do for ourselves. And self-care is a way of giving a name to those kindnesses and making sure that Mm. you do look after yourself. So that's what it is to me. That's nice. What about you? For me, I guess um, for a long time I always thought of it as really simple things that I've noticed I stop doing when I'm under a lot of stress. So things like drinking enough water or like brushing my teeth and showering, changing my clothes, uh, eating sleeping and it it didn't really click for me until I was talking to a friend I think he's in psychiatry I'm not sure um and he was talking about how health is about three main things it's about physical health it's about mental health and it's about environmental health so like the state of your environment and you need all three things to be healthy And then something kind of clicked for me. It's like, oh, okay. So self-care is kind of like going out and taking a walk and doing some light 
exercise every once in a while, and that's physical health. If my physical health deteriorates, I'm not going to be able to feel good. It's it's not going to, like, nothing else matters if your physical health is in shatters and you're not getting enough sleep. And it's about mental health. So it's about things like balancing time for myself and time with friends socially. It's about um, making sure I'm, like, mentally stimulated in different ways. So watching TV balancing that with like doing hard math problems or solving hard problems and it's about environmental health stuff like making sure your room is clean (laughs) which sounds silly but it helps it helps clear out your mind it it helps with all of the different other aspects of health like he said to think of it as um three legs of a stool Mm. and if one falls down the others fall down as well and so I guess to me, self-care is about doing those extremely basic things to keep up your health in all of those three different ways. And a lot of the times, it's it's so gross, but the first things to go for me are just like personal hygiene and sleeping patterns oh, and eating patterns. Absolutely the same with regards to personal hygiene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so a big part of self-care for me is just like, have you showered? Have you eaten? Have you slept? And that's <laughs> there's um there's a very good sort of cheat sheet that's gone around Tumblr a few times, which are like I'm not okay and everything sucks. A checklist to go through before giving up. Mm. Um, and stuff like when did you last eat? When did you last have a glass of water? Are you drinking enough water? When did you last talk to a friend? Like you know, just like yeah. real simple stuff that like I think we often forget to check ourselves on. Um, I know in Māori culture, uh, something we covered in school is the four pillars of haora, uh, which covers sort of oh, yeah physical health, right. mental and emotional health, um, social and community health, which I think yeah. is more sort of aligned with your environmental health that you're talking about, and then spiritual mm. health as well, which is spiritual health I think is complicated to talk about if you're not like yeah. talking to a group of people that have a predefined like religion or particular aspect of spiritual health but it is sort of like you have something to believe in and like that's I think really important Hmm. what I understand spiritual health to be as a non-religious and not very spiritual person is having like knowing your own values and your own morals and being able to align your actions with those values and morals and not having that cognitive dissonance that happens when those don't align. I think that's what I take away from spiritual. <laughs> um, and the other aspect to that is, of course, there are things that you can't control. Um, mm. And I think that often falls under spiritual health because, you know, that's often, like, mm. that's where the phrase let go and let God comes from, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, there are some things we can't control, whether you believe in a higher power or not. Um, that doesn't matter. You still need to accept that there are some things we can't control Mm. and worrying about those will only ever be a drain on your health. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it's something that I have to keep reminding myself whenever I glimpse at the news. (laughs) Yeah, something else that um, I really wanted to touch on with the idea of self-care. And this was when I... um, I can't I can't remember 
where I heard this, but it's pretty common to hear people talk about um, self-care and it's like, I'm going to lock myself in my room and stay in bed and binge watch like three seasons of this TV show. And it makes me think for one person that might be helpful, they might need that rest, they might have um, been doing something very different and it's been really stressful and they just need some alone time. But for someone else, could that could they be using self-care as as a way to allow themselves to fall back into unhealthy habits? And I think that's a really tricky, murky line. And I was wondering what your reckons, essentially, <laughs> were on that. I mean, like, essentially my reckon will boil down to the idea that it's specific to the individual. For every individual, what they need at that point in time will be up to them. And if they choose to make a suboptimal choice, that is still their choice. It's just, you know, like, not a good choice. <laughs> um, I think often self-care can be kind of sold as this idea that you do things like that. Like, it's fluffy and you have hot chocolates and you wear blankets and you watch Netflix. And it's like, actually, mm. really powerful acts of self-care are having a shower, doing the washing. like. Yeah. tidying your room um and it's just how hmm i know i definitely use the phrase self-care somewhat jokingly whenever i'm sometimes when i'm doing things that are like objectively bad for me like i do that as well eating an entire <laughs> tube of oreos i'm like this is self-care i'm so yeah. healthy right now oh my god <laughs> and i think as long as we're aware of like the fact that like that isn't necessarily the optimal form of self-care, but we don't feel guilty about that. It's kind of fine. Mm. Cause like essentially it's really hard not to feel guilty about half the shit you do. <laughs> um, all the shit you don't do. Like it's hard, particularly like as someone who is, was a high achiever to not feel guilty about the fact that, like, I came home at one o'clock today and slept for three hours because I really fucking needed it. But, like, it's really tricky not to feel guilty that I wasn't at work and working on my thesis. It's really tricky not to feel guilty when, like, I eat half an um, supermarket apple pie for dinner, right? Like, but sometimes mm -hmm. that is all I can do. That's just all I have in me. Sometimes you need to treat yourself yeah. a la Parks and Rec. And that's not necessarily <laughs> like optimal self-care, but like that's okay as long as like it helps. Yeah, I think so. And feeling guilty will mean that it won't help. Yeah. And then you'll be undoing that packet of Oreos and then you have, another, you have to have another packet of Oreos just to undo the... <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I have, like, I think I might be approaching self-care wrong <laughs> because I've got, like, um you know, like, when you get up in the morning and you write a to-do list when you get to work or mm -hmm. whenever, um, so many times, like, five times out of ten, what's on that to-do list is stuff like tidy room, take shower. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. Like, um... Sometimes when I'm getting really stressed out about the progress I make at work, I use a sticker chart mm -hmm. um, and I'll have like different work projects on there. And then at the bottom, there will always be a sticker chart for self-care. 
And mm. it's just this little way of reminding myself, like, if I'm exhausted, I should go home and go to sleep. Like, mm. if I haven't eaten, I should eat. These are important yeah. things. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like, reminding yourself to do these things that you know in the long run will make you feel better, like, that's really good self-care. Like, mm. saying, I know I have to take a shower because I'm a messy baby who doesn't know how to take care of myself. That's good self-care. <laughs> I've just reminded that a while ago I made this little survey for myself to fill out every night, and I haven't been doing it because womp womp. <laughs> Classic me. Um, <laughs> I called it my daily chicken, mm-hmm. and um, I've broken it down into different sections, and the first one is a muscle emoji yep. for physical health. And the first one is sit up straight. So I sit up straight and I can tick that. (laughs) Did you consume at least two liters of water? Uh, Probably not. Have you had some fresh fruit and vegetables? Did you do some exercise? Did you get a good night's sleep? The next section is um, okay women emoji. Yep. First point, close your eyes and wish someone else happiness. Did you laugh today? Did you feel like you took care of yourself today? Next section. Did you make the bed? Did you do some laundry? Did you clean your desk? Did you vacuum? Are you in fresh clothes? Did you shower today? Is your view dirty dish free? (laughs) Oh, the next section is like creative endeavors. Did you draw? Did you write? Did you make music? Did you learn something new? And the Maslow's scale of needs, probably the next tier up in terms of self-care but I think sometimes I don't know I'll be feeling crap and I won't know what it is and then I'll realize it's because I haven't been creative or I haven't exercised my brain in a certain way and sometimes that can that can be left to the wayside if you're just doing busy work which I feel like a lot of people are doing well and you said on the um the other episode that time that you were really sad and you wrote a sad song and made it better yeah. like the eponymous Jude and Hey Jude um, it works it's Well, I, yeah and like that's partly like expressing the emotions but also probably the creative endeavour mm. and the whole social did you talk to someone outside of work did you talk to your family did you go did you meet someone new I think the main problem with work friends is it means I just always forget to talk to people outside of work <laughs> It's like, but I really like these people. It's like, yes, but you you need to talk to other people, Sophia. (laughs) That's cool, though. Like, I really like the people at my work, but I don't think I have as much in common with them. So I have work friends and not work friends. Mm. (laughs) Do you think you'd be... mm, Dangerous question. Mm -hmm. You do not have to answer this. Uh, Do you think you'd be friends with your work friends if you were, like, once if you leave your work? Um, some. Yeah. Yeah. The safe answer. Probably <laughs> Probably not most. Okay. Um, because I'm, I'm thinking about, like, work friends who have changed, like, gone to a different job mm. kind of thing, and it's like, well, I'd still hang out with them, but I don't. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I assume you'd hang out with your work friends. Um, quite a few of them. I'm just checking something. So it was brought to my attention relatively recently. 
Um, and I think this is really funny. Like, I just want to clarify by saying, like, I'm not at all upset by this. Uh, that a woman at work was having an event that, like, everyone except me had been invited to. Uh, me and this other girl who, like, was more obviously being excluded. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Oh, man. Um, because, like, I don't care for her uh but i was just kind of like huh huh you've invited all of these other people that you have similarly distant work relationships with that's interesting um and it made me smile <laughs> i was like oh i thought we were just like chill ass work friends but clearly we're not um yeah, I just have no idea how to respond like, to something like that. I'm perfectly lovely, and to be honest, I would probably be her cool friend if I got invited, so psh, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'm not, like, insulted or anything. It was, like, it was brought to my attention because um, mm. a girl who works much more closely with her had been clearly, obviously excluded, and I was talking to a friend who was, like, kind of mad about that, which is totally fair enough. Like, don't... Mm. If you're going to invite your close colleagues, invite all of them. Don't just exclude, like, one person. Particularly not if they're, like, yeah, anyway. Um, new, like, because this girl was new as well. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm invited. I'm going to go and have a party with this girl by ourselves and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was interesting. Because, like, I don't know, I think there are a lot of my work friends, particularly the ones I don't work um, immediately with, so a lot of the friends I just sort of have at work, that I just won't catch up with once I leave. Mm. Um, That's fine, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could say a lot more things here, but I don't think I will. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's just we will probably cut mo like we can cut most of this out. No, I'm I'm perfectly fine with talking about it. It's just like mm. trying to figure out how best to phrase it. It's just like there are a number of science nerds mm -hmm. who are real boring, <laughs> and I'm probably going to keep the cool ones in my life because I'm leaving science and I want to talk about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, the rest of them are real boring. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Back to self-care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think work is just a strange dynamic. When work and friendship mixed together is a really strange dynamic. Because work is, I don't know, the working environment is nice and friendly, but underlying that are different power structures mm. that are quite, inherent in whatever workplace you are so i think that just makes it more awkward than it would be if it was not work <laughs> yeah i think yeah. like that's why um so like i'm friendly with a lot of the postdocs uh where i work but i don't i wouldn't say i'm like close friends with any of them like i think the closest relationship i'd have would be with my supervisor who is my science mom um <laughs> but then like I'm really close friends with Katie Mack, who's a postdoc over in astrophysics. And I think that's possible because it's like, while we're both under the big overarching structure of the University of Melbourne, 
she's mm. far up enough removed from the power structures I exist in as a PhD student yeah. for me to be like, you're my friend now. Let's hang yeah. out. <laughs> um, That's lovely. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I still hang out with um, Otago friends, so... Yeah, I mean, that's because uh, uh, as I think Wellington's probably an easier place to make new good friends. Yeah. But honestly, like, a lot of the new friends I've made here and the people I stay close friends with here are other New Zealanders and other people from Otago, just because, like, I just... Australians. Um, <laughs> it's not something I would have expected of myself. Um that the bulk of my friendships would just continue to be with New Zealanders. And I think part of it is as well the fact that, like, because I'm enrolled through the University of Melbourne because I'm at a relatively competitive workplace, like, a lot of the Australians that are there uh, come from quite privileged backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And it exhausts me trying to explain... That they should care about other people, essentially. <laughs> yes. Or that possibly yeah. their white, well-meaning, liberal existence doesn't mean that they should still get mad about the fact when people say something like all white people. And it's like, yeah, but we do that. Like, this mayo is too spicy. I really love white people jokes. I think they're hilarious. They're great. Because they're harmless. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes I do think mayo is spicy. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing. Yeah. No, it's like a joke about how white people can't take spice. Yeah. But there's like, yeah, yeah, I thought so. There's like chipotle mayo, and um, I feel like I oh, now yeah. have to justify the mayo that I think is spicy. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> um, for the first birthday, ah, uh, for the second birthday I had here, uh, I took everyone to Niala, which is an Ethiopian restaurant in Melbourne, um. And I was so stressed out that I was going to white girl cry when I ate things. Because, like, the previous couple of times I've been there, I got, like, halfway through dinner and tears had just been running down my face. Oh, and people no. like, are you okay? I'm like, it's just really good food. It's really spicy. Yeah. Um, if it's any consolation, my spice tolerance is about the same. Good. That actually makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, like, the person at a restaurant where, like, the restaurant owner will like assume I can take it and it's like oh thank you but I really can't and I'll like I'll be trying so hard to get through my meal crying at the same time like sniffling blowing your nose the whole the whole well, shebang it's like I really <laughs> like spice like I enjoy spicy foods I just also cry <laughs> like, so I will often put myself in situations where a white girl cry because I'm like this curry is really nice <laughs> It's just that my mouth is on fire. Mm. It's okay. It's only pain. Curry's good self-care. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is um, Still Processing, and it's just two writers, I think culture writers from the New York Times, and they're just like two friends that talk to each other about how their lives are going and from that just come up with a topic to talk about on the fly. Hmm. I feel like that's what we're doing now, is we're just going through our lives and dissecting the, the weird and wacky parts of it. Yeah. No, it's it's been good. Um 
I think an important element of self-care when you're talking about things like consumables is the emotional, like, response you get to them. Um, so there are things like whenever I have a cold, I will often get pad thai, which is what I always used to eat in Dunedin when I had a cold, um, because it clears you all the way out. <laughs> yeah. That's spicy. <laughs> it's like, my nose is all blocked. How do I fix this chili soup? Um, yes. And so now whenever I am cold, have have a cold or I feel a bit like under the weather in that particular way, like I love pad thai. And in a similar way, like the reason I sort of said like curry is self-care is like I ate a lot of curries while I lived in Dunedin and Melbourne doesn't have like great curry options, which is wild. It's huh. like. But you're slightly closer to India. Surely the curries are better here. <laughs> but also, like, higher population. Yeah. It's got to be more. Really frustrating. I just want yeah. a good curry. Give me my aloo gobi, please. <laughs> um, but I have it here as, like, a form of self-care because it reminds me of, like, the good times in Dunedin and <laughs> definitely we've talked about the fact that it's a cold hellhole and everyone should leave. Um, yeah. But when I eat curry, I just think about having curry with all of my friends and them drinking really cheap oh. wine. Ah, uh, yes. And the time I had a friend who was so drunk, he forgot he'd already ordered. So when they bought him a mild butter chicken, he was like, this is racial profiling. And then we had to be like, no, <laughs> no, baby, baby, you've already ordered. You're also a regular here. They know what you eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is just incredible. Uh, and That's so cute. I think that's part of self-care as well, is, like, knowing what gives you those warm fuzzies, those, like, good emotional responses. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. A weird thing that um, I never really expected from myself but I have been doing for the last few months is going to a gym yes and it's I'm still baffled that I go to a gym like saying those words out loud is so antithetical to who I your whole aesthetic (laughs) yeah my whole aesthetic my whole like identity as a lazy human being who does nothing um but it's it's been really good and and that combined with judo has like I now go to the gym because I want to get stronger for judo. Yeah. And it's giving me like something to work for, something to motivate me. Um and what I get out of that is that I get so I go at lunchtime, so I get like a break in my day where I do something completely different to my work. And, you know, sweat a little and maybe lift some weights. (laughs) Um, But that's been really good. And the weird thing I've noticed is that every time before I, it's time to go to the gym or every time before it's time to go to judo, I never want to do it. I'm like, nah, not today. I don't want to do this. I'm so tired. I want to sleep. That's all I want to do. And then I get there and I do the thing and I come back and I feel great. I feel less tired than I was before I went. 
and just you feel so accomplished as well. Like I don't go for long. I go for like half an hour. Mm. Um, I don't do much. I really, <laughs> I'm really easy on myself. Um, but no, it's like, guys, hey, I've done something. Yeah. Hmm? Listeners, Serena's really fast and really strong and she'll fight any of you. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I I will fight any of you. This is true. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good idea, but I, I'm up for it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing how accomplished you feel for doing something as simple as, I don't know, just like riding a bike for 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, how's judo been going? Because a couple of weeks ago you talked about your grading was coming up. Yeah, I got my yellow belt. Yay! Yay. So good. Yay! No, it's it's fantastic. Um, and I never. This is the other. Th- it's like going to the gym. I never thought I would enjoy any kind of phys- physical activity. <laughs> this is. This is true wild. This is I I never thought. Yeah. But it's been so fun and so great. And it's I think I enjoy it because I'm used to mentally challenging myself, but I am not at all familiar with physically challenging myself. Mm. And in a lot of ways martial arts is a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge it's a lot about trying to interpret what the other person is going to do trying to bluff your way to make them think you're going to do something else and then kind of switch it up on them so that's been really interesting as well oh that's really cool i love the gym i've been so grumpy i haven't been able to go the last week yeah oh it sucks and it always like so the last time i was sort of in the kind of pain that meant I couldn't go to the gym for like a week. I just could not mentally <laughs> deal with it. I was so mm. upset by the end of that week. Because like normally, I mean currently the way I deal with stress is I go for a run. Mm-hmm. When I can't walk, <laughs> like running is just yeah. like, oh no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, but we're getting there and... I think I'll be able to go to the gym again tomorrow, which will be really nice. Yeah. Um, I do some punching classes that are not, like, formalized martial arts classes, but rather a Les Mills body combat. Um, and they're fantastic. They're so much fun. Uh, and there's <laughs> they're generally, like, predominantly women as well, which I absolutely adore. Like, there's nothing mm. better to me than seeing a room full of women punch, like, invisible enemies. Um, so good. I think I've mentioned it before, but, like, one of our tracks is a, like, weird, like, not, like, disco, what's what's the word? When the music gets real pumping. Uh, that could be any genre. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, but a remix <laughs> of the Pirates of the Caribbean main theme. What? Yeah. No, that's not what I had in my head. And, like, having that, like, break down while we swing, like, pretend swords around. What? What is this class? 40 women in a hall is just, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It makes me so happy. That's fucking awesome. So when did you start going to a gym? And what, like, finally motivated you to 
do that? Um, so I joined my local gym oof, over a year ago now, so I think about 18 months ago. Um, and it kind of started because we'd had a gym open up at work. And I was like, oh, that would be really good. I wonder how much it is. And I went in and it was so many dollars. I'm like, yeah. geez, I wonder if there's a gym closer to my house that's cheaper. Um, so I checked out the local, uh, not YMCA, but it used to be a YMCA. They're leisure centers now. Um, and they had a gym and lockers and a pool for like half the price of the work gym. Like way better equipment, all these group fitness classes. I tried out a few group fitness classes. I absolutely loved them. The only drawback is that they've got quite short opening hours. So they're six to nine on weekdays and then eight to six on weekends. Um, but that's actually oh, yeah. worked out as a really big benefit for me because it means I actually come home at a regular hour a lot of the time that's <laughs> um, good. rather yeah. than spending all of my time at work. So I will leave work at like seven o'clock being like, no, nah, i got to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Can't stay. Bye. <laughs> going to go to the gym. Uh, and that's been really great. And it's going to sort of um, come to a head because my father has signed me and him up for the Tauranga five kilometer city to surf. Oh, cool. Which will be my first race <laughs> um, <laughs> since I was eight and did the uh, Weetbix Kiwi Kids Triathlon. Oh, cute. I did the swimming bits because me, mm-hmm. I swim really well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's I been kind I'm... of frustrating to like, I did, I think late last week, I had two days where I ran three kilometers and sort of just under half an hour. Um, and then I couldn't do anything because I was in too much pain. And that has been so frustrating. Because I'm like, I want to be doing that consistently. Mm. Like, I want to make get fitter. Oh, I have this goal now. Um, <laughs> but instead, my body has betrayed me. Dang bodies. Oh, I know. If anyone mm. had told me my body would start just, like, expiring at the age of 25, I would have done a lot more wild shit in my teenage years. <laughs> also, like... I was one of those... Oh, go on. Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, I was just going to say... No, no, you go on first. Yeah, yeah. The number of people that have been like, oh, Sophia, have you tried smoking weed for your pain? And it's like, okay, cool story. <laughs> um, I think the state of Australia I'm in is, like, on the path to legalising medical marijuana. So, we'll see. It's so strange that it's not legalised. Because as soon as they legalised it in Colorado... Suddenly the government was like, the state government was like, we have so much money. <laughs> we are swimming in money. Because as soon as you legalize it, you can tax it. Mm-hmm. Ka-ching. You know what was interesting was um, at Berkeley, one of uh, my roommate at the time was the house dealer. And I was there at Berkeley in 2012, an election year, and the the issue of legalization came up. And was going to be put to a vote. So I talked to her about it. I was like, oh, are you, are you going to vote to legalize marijuana? And she said no. She said, no, I'm, I'm going to vote no on that. And I was like, but you obviously don't have a problem with it, seeing as you're the house weed dealer. Um, why, why are you voting no? And she said that as soon as it's legal, it'll be taxed. And when it gets taxed, she won't make as much money. Mm-hmm. Also, there's probably um, a risk that she would no longer be able to sell it, depending on her background. I think the other thing is, like, in New Zealand, a lot of the 
gangs make a lot of their money from drug dealing and by limiting the access that they have to that kind of money, essentially by legalizing it, by sort of government standardizing it and putting it through those processes, uh, you have a lot, you know, less money in gangs is more good for people not in gangs. Mm. Um, I think weed's probably the drug that I'm chillest about, and at least part of that is, like, I've seen it growing. <laughs> so it's just like, oh... Yeah, I know, like, I know the process involved in, like, getting this. Like, I, I understand all of the steps. Whereas when it comes to something like acid, I'm like, I don't know how you get that shit. Like, I feel way ha happier just looking at frog, man. Like, <laughs> it's that weird, like, um, pseudo-organic thing you hear from people where they're like, I don't want chemicals in my food. And it's like, oh, right. ruh -ruh, too late for you. Uh, yeah. You trust something that grows out of the ground, but if someone makes it in a lab, it's... Like, it doesn't feel, it feels more dangerous. Yeah. One of my old housemates told me a story about a warehouse party she was at, um, where one of, they were like, I think they were smoking ice, which is a, quite a pure methamphetamine, I think. Um, it's a really big problem in Australia. Uh, and what they said before they did it is like, Okay, so you have to like burn the tinfoil bit first to get the chemicals off the tinfoil, and then you put the ice in there. <laughs> and she was just like, You're smoking ice. Why do you give a shit? Like, oh yeah, no, sure. Like, it's the chemicals in the tinfoil that are going to be the bad thing that you could put in your body from this whole scenario. Like, it was, yeah, it sounded very <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Is it being smoked with like an organic, cold pressed? Gosh. I don't know how, how you smoke it. I have no idea. <laughs> Me neither, really. I sound, I sound like the coolest person right now. Mm -hmm. For a very long time, and if you're a cop, never. Um, I just had never smoked weed, and I felt so uncool. And so, like, when one of my friends quite recently was just yeah. like, "Oh, have you like, you know." tried weed meaning for my pain i was like i've been high uh real <laughs> defensive <laughs> and he was like no no i i mean for your pain sophia and i'm like oh yeah no because <laughs> i get so insecure about this stuff like i didn't really drink till i was like 21 like i hadn't tried weed until very recently <laughs> i felt really uncool yeah. i get high <laughs> Who do you think I am? I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. What surprises me is why there's so much hoopla, if you will, around um, marijuana and legalizing it and slash not legalizing it. And yet, I don't know if this is the case in Australia, but synthetic cannabinoids are totally cool under the law here. Don't think um, they're cool here, which yeah. I also think is better because Chronic fucked a lot of people up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one thing to read about it fucking people up and a whole nother thing to, like, know of people who have been fucked up by Chronic. Oh, I smoked it once and had, like, a huge anxiety meltdown and heart palpitations and I was, like, convinced I was going to die. And, like, the friend I was talking yes. to about it had also smoked it, and so we fed into each other's anxiety, like, terribly yeah. all night. Um, it's just horrible. 
but yeah, for some people there can be severe long-term mental health effects. It's honestly a terrible, terrible drug. Mm. Um, for those of you, you who don't know, uh, chronic is a... Uh, there are other types now, aren't there? Oh, I assume so. They keep bringing up more because so, it's like, why not, I guess? Synthetic cannabinoids are legal under the law. It turns out they have way more side effects and are way worse for you than weed. Oh, who would have thought the like basically not regulating an industry where people can smoke like fucking just pop puri would be totally okay um <laughs> and they've been like like i think people have died i would not be surprised to be honest let's yeah, look this thanks. up synthetic lovely things for me <laughs> yes yeah oh well this is from three days ago <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> One dead after, quote, bad batch of synthetic cannabis. This is from three days ago. So definitely people have died. Yeah, so, like, um, theoretically, synthetic cannabinoids are less harmful than weed. That's, like, the entire logic behind them was that um, they would be less harmful and by legalizing them you can control it, blah, 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 blah. Um, turns out... <laughs> No. Uh, people get super sick off them. Um, chronic, like, a really common response was uh, heart palpitations um, and, like, severe anxiety attacks. Uh, I know people... I know of people who had, like, psychotic breaks on chronic. Um, people who became addicted had, like, really poor outcomes and because basically we hadn't seen anything like this before. Like... Hmm. A lot of people throughout all of human history have got high, like off marijuana. When it comes to synthetic cannabinoids, we hadn't really seen that shit before. And so like in a lot of the drug and rehab clinics in New Zealand, they didn't know how to deal with it beyond like the basic tenets of things like re like general addiction ideas. Um, and so like I think it caused a lot of harm to a lot of young people when they first came out, which was um, around second year for me. From what I understood, it was legal because because there was so little or no studies about them, so they couldn't illegalize, if you will, the um. I mean, they absolutely could have. <laughs> like they just didn't. Well, yeah, they just didn't. So it looks like in Australia, it was um, banned. All synthetic cannabinoids were banned in mid two thousand eleven. Including chronic karma, voodoo, chaos. Oh no, I remember these. In New Zealand, in 2013, which would have been our honours year mm. at Otago, they banned the sale of legal highs in dairies and supermarkets, but they allow some, quote, low risk drugs to continue to be sold by specially licensed shops. Synthetic cannabinoids, as well as all other legal highs, were outlawed at midnight on. 7th of May 2014. I wonder oh, okay. what the wording of that law was. Because yeah. you can't just be like, we've now banned legal highs. Because then they're illegal. Well, someone died from it. Yeah. So someone died from it three days ago. Yeah. So, Well, the story is three days old. So, The comparative was not like people buy synthetic cannabinoids no matter what. Like There was definitely a minority of addicted people who still did that. Um, yeah. the comparative was like fucking nerds like me who didn't know anyone who dealt weed tried synthetic cannabinoids like 
that was what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. And some people who smoked weed who were, like, stressed out about interaction with the government probably did some synthetic cannabinoids for a while. But when you make those illegal again, people either go back to smoking weed or not smoking. Like, it doesn't drive an underground market for synthetic cannabinoids because just the side effects are so intense compared to just, like... They're so horrible. Some bud. Yeah, it includes, like, vomiting, seizures. And, like, everything includes side effects, but from what I understand, the side effects of synthetic cannabinoids, um, including things like uh, chronic, were just worse than the side effects of just, like, blazing up. (laughs) Yeah. You I'm gonna run out of words. Snacky. I'm gonna run out of words for talking about people getting high in a second. So we might need to change topics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Uh, self care. Yeah. We can be a form of self care. Just um. Uh yeah, keep it cool. Hot tip on self care: Do not smoke synthetic cannabinoids. They'll fuck you up. Yeah, that they're, they're not cool. They're not good for you. Don't look cool while doing it, foaming at the mouth. It's it's not a good look. That's an actual side effect. God. Yeah, wow. Um they actually no, hold on. Some still some more, yeah. still some more. Uh they're going yeah. to be apparently banning legal highs in Victoria in the state I'm in. Uh in Australia. because um, currently And I think this is possibly the situation in New Zealand as well. Um, mm-hmm. the products were banned individually after they came onto the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what New Zealand did was they were just like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, and passed that law under urgency back in 2014, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. 2014. Cool. Um, and I think Victoria's looking at tying that up as well. Uh, one of the things, hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things as well that uh, drugs like Chronic did to sort of get around these loopholes was like they would sell things that were obviously for smoking and getting high and on them label not fit for human consumption. <laughs> and inside they'd be like rolled up into little cigarettes and it's like, what are you doing? God, that's such a scumbag man. <laughs> well, you know, FDA is just out to get us, man. Jesus. <sighs> I don't trust everything the FDA does, but like... You know, you have to trust the government for some things. I mean, at least they try to do something and we know what they're trying to do and sometimes they're not very good at doing the thing or they (laughs) fail at doing the thing. But at least we know what they're trying to do. (laughs) This is always what I bring up when people are like, governments are shit, privatise everything. And it's like, well, governments are oftentimes not very good at what they do, but the whole point of them is to work for you. Just to work for the people. Their best. They're trying that sometimes really badly, really shittily, um, all the time suboptimally, but at least that is their mantra. And look, you can't always get what you want, but, but if you, you try, try sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> you might just find. Get what you need. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Get what you need. <laughs> this is a wild episode. <laughs> um, what else was there? There was a there was a talk at work on resilience today, mm-hmm. um, which I think is because grant results are coming out, mm-hmm. 
And if people are sad about not getting money mm. or maybe not having a job in the future, um, I think this is aiming to minimise that. Uh, oof. But one of the things that my boss said that she heard while at this grant, while at this resilience training thing, was that instead of asking someone, how was your day, you can ask them, what was something good that happened today? And I thought that was really sweet and a really nice way of sort of changing your framing. Yeah. I don't always have, like, the most time for resilience training. I think it can be really useful for some people. I think those people do not include me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And similarly, like, with mindfulness, I'm just kind of like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, cool. And that's partly because, like, I've had to develop those skills myself. And so I can get quite resentful about the fact that people can just, like, straight up learn this shit. <laughs> and while I'm really, like, I'm really glad yeah. that this stuff has become mainstream. I'm really glad that people do not have to suffer to understand this stuff. Mm. But I'm a little bit salty that sometimes people don't have to suffer to learn this stuff. Yeah, like, you went through all that shit and there's someone else. These fuckers yeah. just go to a seminar, like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's a question. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the more like unhealthy habits that you notice in yourself and what do you do to try and self-correct, to try and fight against it? I think my main, like, I don't have too many bad ones currently. My main one is that I just stop washing. Mm. I fix this by washing. <laughs> um... You make it sound so easy. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just like my hair prevents me from not having a shower for too long because eventually it starts feeling like um, Lego hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little clip-on bits that are entirely solid. I'll like take my hair out of its ponytail and it'll be like, I am one piece now. And I'm like, oh, shower time. <laughs> um... Look, I don't want to say, like, that I've got it pretty well figured out because, like, my life is a stressful hellfire, but even with that, like, I feel like I'm doing quite well on the not having shitty habits front. Like, I think probably I I eat a lot of junk food, but that's to an extent because, uh, particularly with my pain over the last couple of days, I haven't been able to eat a lot. Hmm. And so I've been eating small, high-calorie things to try and kind of balance it out so I don't, like, just literally start killing people. Um, And then, like, today, like, I came home early and slept because uh, some of the medication I'm on was making it really tough for me to sleep and I didn't need to take it today. So I just came home and slept for, like, three hours. Yeah, Uh, I think that's pretty healthy, though, like, to sleep when you need. Yeah, well, like, that's, that's, that's what I'm happened. talking about. Like, yeah. I think even two years ago, I would have just tried to push through. And today I was like, mm, no, I can't do anything. I tried food. I tried coffee. I'm going to mm. go to sleep. Like, yeah. bye, everyone. Have fun at the meeting that I'm skipping out on. Mm. <laughs> I still got a text about the meeting. And I was like, Sophia, there's a meeting. And I was like, Sophia's asleep. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, what about you? I think I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot. My life is a mess. Um, you should fix those. I should fix those. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, was that helpful? <laughs> you should try yoga, Serena. 
Uh, there's yoga classes at my gym, and every time I go, I'm like, I should try that, and I never do. <gasps> Yoga's, like, sometimes really good, and sometimes super annoying. Mm-hmm. I really don't like it when when white people talk about your chakras. I'm not into that. <laughs> it does feel weird. <laughs> um, But there's a woman who teaches yoga at the leisure center I go to, who's just like, this is for relaxation and stretching. Like, you'll build some strength as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you about, like, your chakras or the spirituality of this. <laughs> yeah, stretching sounds nice. Yeah, I don't know, like, I I don't sleep very well or consistently. I don't need a lot of, apart from the ones that Greg feeds me, I don't need a lot of vegetables. <laughs> I should really eat a vegetable um, and a fruit. I have I have a note that actually just says eat a fruit to myself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I've had conversations with mutual friends about you where we're like, we're not sure how Serena is still alive, but she <laughs> appears to be, so I guess that's good. Yeah. No, I, I believe that. <laughs> it's, it's so strange because those are easily fixable things, but I just have like a long list of easily fixable things that for some reason I can't bring myself to do every day. Like, I'll have one really good day where I have all this motivation and I'm like, I'm going to clean my room, I'm going to vacuum the house, I'm going to do the dishes, I'm going to make a little salad and I'm going to eat that and I'm going to go outside. And I do it all in one day and the next three months is just... And I have no idea why it's so hard because it's so easy. It's probably because you're trying to do it all at once. Maybe... You've talked about this before, like, mm-hmm. when you're changing your life, you can only change it a little bit at a time. Ah. Yes, um, that's right. And so with stuff like, you know, changing my life to become more healthy, like, I started with going to the gym, and then, mm-hmm. like, six months later, I started, you know, eating a whole bunch more salads, and it turns out salads are incredible. <laughs> um, and then a couple months after that, I started, like, packing my lunch and taking it to work every day. Mm-hmm. Not every day. But, like, most days. Um, yeah. And it's just, like, that sort of stepwise turning yourself into the person you want to be. Because mm. I think everyone has, like, this idealized version of themselves where they're like, I wish I was that person. Like, I wish I was – I studied more or I drank more water or I had better skin or whatever. And mm. it's like, firstly, your skin's perfect. But secondly, you can become that person. Just don't try to do it all at once and that can be really tough like it can be particularly be tough for people who have issues with executive dysfunction because that just makes it tough to do anything <laughs> um and what there can that? be a lot of uh so you find it really hard to make the step from thinking about doing something to doing something mm-hmm. so you're like i need to do the washing yeah but you can't figure out how to do that if that makes mm. sense yeah um and it can just be really tough to get over those mental hurdles of being like, I wish I was this person, I am not this person, to how do I become this person? Right. Um, and for me, like, I think something for a very long time was like, I want to be actually hydrated. Like, I definitely don't drink enough water. Mm. Um, 
And then she was like, okay, how do I fix that? Well, I have a water bottle in my room and I have a water bottle at my desk at work. Those are the two places I spend the most time. And typically I'll fill both of those up once a day, which means I'm drinking at least one and a half liters of water a day. Like, mm. done. Nice. And certainly, like, I take a very blunt approach to a lot of things. And I would just, like, sort of decide things and then make them true. And I don't expect everyone to have that kind of approach to life at all. But it's definitely becoming the person you want to be or you aspire to be is always going to be a slow process. And it's always going to be a process where you feel like you're making absolutely no progress and, Mm. like, some days you will still eat an entire tube of Oreos if that's something you like don't want to do anymore in the future. But you'll just get to a point one day and you'll be like, I am the person I want to be. That's such a good way to look at it because I always applied that kind of incremental habit-building thinking to stuff that I wanted to work on professionally and in my work life and stuff stuff that had to do with making stuff and work and building on things like I want to I want to write more and I want to read more and things like that but I never really thought about it approaching self-care in that way and then mm. I think that's that's really interesting to approach self-care in a way that's instead of I want to do some self-care tasks, I want to perform some self-care tasks, I want to build it into my life as a habit. And that that's a really good way to think about it. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's kind of weird to group it all together as well because it's stuff like having regular bedtimes, washing, drinking water, eating healthy, mm. like eating some vitamins. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't give a shit about the rest of your food. If my PhD has taught me anything, it's that you should eat your vitamins. Um, And to group all those together seems quite weird for our brain because it's like, but those are all like different aspects of my life. Like sleep is different to eating. Surely I can change everything at once. And it's like, well, no, you can't because you have only so much Mm. energy to make things. Because like when you're trying to form a habit, life is slightly harder for you. Yeah. And that might sound really weird when I put that next to something like having an earlier bedtime or showering, (laughs) but like realistically, like forming that habit takes some of your mental and emotional energy away. Yeah. It's more cognitive load. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't form like five habits at once. And I think where people go, like, I give up, I'm never going to be like an adult. I'm never going to like not have a box of six deep filled fruit mince pies with an arm's reach of my bed. Um <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm talking about anyone in particular. Uh like that's because you've tried to do everything at once. Mm. And you just you can't do that. <laughs> that's really good. So hey Thanks for listening to the Things of Interest episode on self-care. We've talked about drugs. We've talked about being a better you, which will probably turn into a very lucrative series of seminars at some point. Um, And we've just kind of talked about like our lives and what we find difficult. Um, I hope that helps you. I hope we hope that gives you a starting point to start thinking about your life and the kind of self-care you can be practicing because we all should probably be nicer to ourselves 
uh, if we're being totally honest. And this way to build a habit is to start incrementally. Uh, as always, you can contact us at Casting Interest on Twitter, on Gmail at castinginterest at gmail.com, and on Facebook at Things of Interest. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, tell the people that you love, and um, if you have some time, leave us some stars and some reviews on the iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, stay interesting. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm okay. Because mm-hmm. we could we could just end the episode here or we could I'm mostly just thinking about how much I need a shower. <laughs> <laughs>